Welcome to A Star Wars Story Podcast, a podcast honoring the stories of Star Wars, the characters within them, and the people who love them. Today, we will be talking about Return of the Jedi and exploring the journey of Luke Skywalker with our wonderful guest host, Abby. Hi! Hello! I'm very excited. I'm very excited <laughs> to have you here. Yeah, thanks so much for asking me to come on to talk about my favorite movie of all time. Yes, of course. That's why I asked you for this one. <laughs> so you could talk about it. As much Hell as you yeah. want. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, am I allowed to swear on your podcast? Yeah, no, go ahead. Oh, okay, yeah, thank I've, God. I've given up on that. <laughs> like, like, I'm not saying that because I, I do listen to you guys, but like t- swearing yeah. gets tuned out in my brain. Yeah, no, same. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I yep. just want to make sure. Yes. Um. Yeah, so there's not like a lot of Star Wars news. At the moment, mm-hmm. because ev- everything's on hold until they actually start dropping, like, actual Rise of Skywalker things. It's just coming up. I know. And it's, like, it right now it feels like it's, like, so far and, like, forever away. But in reality, they're going to start dropping things in, like, two weeks. And then from there, we're just going to be, like, bombarded with either Rise of Skywalker or Mandalorian or... Well, I mean, theoretically, we would get bombarded with resistance, but Lucasfilm doesn't care about resistance, so mm-hmm. we won't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the only things were um, the Age of Resistance comics, like the end of it, they're like one shot. The they did mm-hmm. the Ray and the Rose comics both came out, and they just they feature some very good Leia content and just. Yeah make me very very happy sad and i cried when i saw the sneak peeks (laughs) i oh i I read um well i saw the panels like people posting pictures of the panels on twitter this morning and i was already like sleep deprived and exhausted and watching return of the jedi in prep for this and i was like (laughs) okay okay yeah no like the ray one includes like Leia talking to Rey before she leaves to go see Luke. And the Mm -hmm. Rose one includes, like, Rose and Paige, like, right after their planet gets destroyed by the First Order. And Leia, like, goes and comforts them and, like... And she's just like, I know better than anybody what it's like to lose an entire planet. You're just like... Right. This is very sad. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, those are great if you like comics. They also released a, like, sneak peek of the Kylo comic, and his face <laughs> looks very weird, and I don't know how to feel about it, but I never really everything about it. <laughs> everything about it looks weird. Yeah, just the, like, yeah, it's just, it just looks very weird. Like, I know, I know, like, in The Last Jedi, we were all like, why is Kylo so wide? <laughs> yes. Um, and I think it had Adam to just Driver do with is just the pants. a giant person. He, he is a giant man, but I also think it had to do with, like, the way the pants were yeah, fitted and whatnot. Yeah, it this really weird, like, visual thing happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this picture is, like, because, like, his chest and his shoulders are still really broad, but in this, his waist is snatched. Yeah! <laughs> like, it looks like he put on, like, a fucking corset. Yeah, he's, like, getting ready to go to a ball or something. Like, he's just, <laughs> I'm confused. Maybe and that's like, why his face looks so dumb. Yeah, he's he's very much falling into the like Oscar Isaac 
face trap in that oh no 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 comic or toy has ever actually been able to like look like oscar isaac no ever and i don't understand he's a very handsome man why you gotta do him dirty like that why is it so hard to draw somebody so handsome you should want to look at him more (laughs) just look at his face more and then figure (laughs) it out I don't understand. Mm. But yeah, his face, Kylo's face looks very weird. And that's kind of as far as I got into that. So, yep, that's that. And that's kind of all the Star Wars news that we've got. (laughs) But I mean, as is this the name of our podcast, a Star Wars story. Abby, why don't you tell us your Star Wars story? How did you get to this point in your Star Wars life? How much time you got? Damn. Um, here all day. <laughs> so I was introduced to Star Wars by my dad when I was about five years old. And they were his favorite movies when he was growing up. Um, I think A New Hope came out when he was about nine years old. So it was probably a lot of like him wanting to share his childhood with me. Mm-hmm. And I remember... Um, <laughs> I remember bits and pieces. I remember uh, images, really feelings. Um, <laughs> I don't remember a lot of like concrete stuff, right? I, which is what's strange, is I have a far better memory of watching like the documentaries. Weird. Than I do watching the actual films. That's so funny, <laughs> right? Like, I just very, very specifically remember, like, this chunk of it about Mark Hamill, because I had a huge crush on Mark Hamill as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to marry Luke Skywalker. Um, You know, as one does. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so when I was about five years old, we watched the original trilogy and The Phantom Menace. And then in 2002 is when Mm -hmm. Attack of the Clones came out. And I remember going to see that in theaters. And then 2005, Revenge of the Sith came out, and I got to go home early from school so we could go and see it. <laughs> so special. <laughs> I know, right? Like, my little 10-year-old heart was like, hell yeah. <laughs> um, but that's when, like, my... I think that's when my Star Wars obsession, like, really kicked into full swing. It's because I was, I was 10, and I was, like, right around the target age, basically, um, that appealed, that George Lucas was appealing to. Yeah. Um, and I remember that, like, in between the time, the five years between five and ten, I, I liked Star Wars and I liked playing it. But I think the obsession came in after Revenge of the Sith. And... um. All I wanted to talk about at school was Revenge of the Sith <laughs> and and Star Wars. And, like, um, growing up on my street, uh, there was, it was me and one other girl and the rest were all boys. And we would all play Star Wars together at this I one boy's it. house. Because, yeah, right? Next to his house, there was, like, this big, like, dip kind of, like, bowl that the yard made i don't know but <laughs> it was deep enough that we would like you could like run down it or roll down it and stuff right. like that and so we use that to recreate the geonosis arena scene all the time beautiful which was a blast right <laughs> that's um, amazing yeah but uh 
as is what happens when women like things and they talk about them, men like to shoot them down. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, even when you're 10 years old. And I very distinctly remember a 10-year-old boy telling me when we were... I remember exactly where I was. We were standing in line in front of our classroom, like, waiting to go back in after lunch or something like that. And he's just like, you need to stop talking about Star Wars. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> right? Right? Fuck that guy. Um, and so I, I didn't stop liking it, but I stopped telling people about it because I kept getting picked on for it. And so there was a long, long period of my life where... I suppressed a lot of my nerdy shit just in general um, Mm -hmm. because I was a girl and I kept getting made fun of for it. And at that time, I had a lot of internalized misogyny and also was desperate for male approval because I was also trying to repress the fact that I also liked women. (laughs) You know, a whole bunch of fun things. Oh, God, yeah. So I'm like, boys, boys! (laughs) Um, but yeah, it was around 2013, yeah, because that's when the Disney acquisition was, that I was like, fuck it, I've had enough of this, because Disney just bought Star Wars, which means there's going to be new Star Wars, and I'm so fucking hype, and I was like, but I don't want to wait until 2015 for a new movie to come out, and that's when my partner was like, well, have you watched The Clone Wars? And I'm like, what? What is that? And he, it was on Netflix still at the time, and so he showed me The Clone Wars, and he's like, you have to watch this because there is a character on here that you're going to love, and it was Ahsoka, and Mm -hmm. he was fucking right. Yeah. (laughs) She's one of my favorite characters of all time. But yeah, so from then on, it's just kind of been this, like, tumultuous roller coaster of fandom life that I wasn't expecting. (laughs) Yeah. I got really into the Star Wars (laughs) fandom on Tumblr. And then fell out of that, like, immediately when The Last Jedi came out. Because I just yeah. couldn't handle it. Yep. Um, yeah. And I'll make it very clear, The Last Jedi is not my favorite movie. But it's also, like, not my least favorite. And I just don't have the energy to be like, I fucking hate this movie, like people on Tumblr did. Yeah. So, um, yep. The nice, the nice thing with The Last Jedi, though, is right after it came out, I got to... Uh, fly halfway across the world and peace out and go to the Philippines for two and a half weeks <laughs> and not have to deal with any of the immediate aftermath. Oh, <laughs> it was <beautiful>. fantastic. <laughs> and I can't do that for Rise of Skywalker. So I'm like, what am I going to do? Oh, um, goodness. But it was around that time that I hopped into the Twitter community more because I found that more, I don't know, like, well, one, opening, but two, like, people didn't just see things in black and white like there's nuance yeah Mm -hmm. in the conversations and then i don't know i don't even know what happened just somehow i started making friends with people i think a lot of it happened with the hashtag star wars rep matters Mm -hmm. and then i was asked well i did a standalone podcast episode about luke in the last jedi that no one asked for but i did it anyway (laughs) um and it got it it was pretty well received which was really really cool and I'm still very proud of that episode. I put a lot of work into it. Um, and then was asked to go on a podcast. That didn't work out. And <laughs> then uh, my wonderful best friend Jess and I decided that we were going to make a podcast together. 
And now I currently podcast about Star Wars every other week <laughs> on Love's a Beautiful Town. And I don't know how the fuck I got here. It's just so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. That That's like the beautiful thing, though, is asking everybody their Star Wars stories is that everyone's is unique, but also everyone is just like, you know, I'm not quite sure how I got to this point in my life, but, you know, here right? we are. <laughs> I, so I recently started my job in May. Yeah. But I knew some of my coworkers prior because I did my internship at the same place. But I was getting dinner with one of my coworkers a couple of weeks ago. And, like, we were doing, like, oh, tell me interesting stories you know kind of therapist shit that we do Um, (laughs) like what's your mbti and all that (laughs) on the first time you hang out um and so we were swapping interesting stories and i go oh um one time i got into a fight on twitter with one of the guys who wrote solo a star wars story and she goes what (laughs) and i was like yeah and so then i had to explain my involvement in Star Wars Twitter. That's the and... thing is you're trying to explain like anything that happens on Star Wars Twitter to someone who's not on Star Wars Twitter. You have to spend like 90% of the conversation just setting up like the dynamics of Star Wars right? Twitter. Then <laughs> you're like, all right, I'm, now that you yeah. know that, here's what happened. <laughs> right? Um. So yeah, so she learned all about my, she calls it my double life. Um. My wild Abby Star Wars life. And <laughs> so, like, then explaining all that to her, like, I explain it to you, and you're like, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, this is normal. And then I explain it to her, do. and I'm like, right? I explained, I was explaining it to her, and I'm like, this isn't normal. <laughs> like, oh, people don't do this, do they? <laughs> no, people don't just join Twitter and then start a podcast. Unless they're white men who, straight white men who think they have something to say. But like. Yes, you know, because no one's ever heard a straight white man's opinion before. No, never. Mm-mm. But yeah. Yeah. So There you go. That's my, that's my Star Wars story. And now you're here. Yeah. And it's great. And we love it. Yay. We love Lousy Beautiful Town. We're big fans. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. And we're big fans of you guys. Yay. We love female-led podcasts. All the female love podcasts. Just all yes. of them. Yes. We love. Yes. All right. So, Return of the Jedi. Yay. It's your fave. Mm-hmm. Why is it your fave? Ooh. Um, it never... One? Okay. Um, it never used to be my fave, believe it or not. Okay. Um, it becoming my favorite is relatively recent. Um. I would say within the last couple of years. Um, And the reason that it snuck its way into my heart as my favorite is one, because I think it's like the most campy Star Wars film. Like there's just a lot of like goofiness that goes on. And then it ends with like such a warm, fuzzy ending. And like, I am a slut for a campy film. Um, (laughs) Anything that leaves me with warm (laughs) fuzzies. I love it. Just give it to me. Um, Just give me all the nice, warm feelings. We l- right? We it. Right? Um, but then the I think the overarching theme to me within Return of the Jedi is the idea of forgiveness. Um, and it's very nuanced within Return of the Jedi because 
you get Luke, who ultimately forgives his father for whatever reason, because forgiveness isn't always about the other person. It's more often than not about you, like you needing to forgive someone to move on with your life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you get Leia, who never forgives her father, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just, I, I love that. And I also love the idea that, you know, people can still be good and, but like, not excusing him for his actions. It's a good thing, too. <laughs> um, All that good nuance. Right. So, I mean, just overall, it's a warm, fuzzy feeling movie. Um, Luke becomes this incredible man. You and I were talking before we even started recording that you were saying in Empire, he's such a baby boy. And then in Return of the Jedi, he's just like, he's like grown 10 years yeah, it's just the 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 change just between Luke from Empire to Return of the Jedi is just so big, and it's, I just find it so fascinating. Just because like he just comes out with like just this confidence that like we haven't ever seen him have before, and yeah. like in New Hope, he just he has no idea what's going on like at <laughs> any point. And uh-huh. Empire, like he is a little more sure of himself, but he's still very he's just he's very like curious. He wants to know what's going on. You know, he still doesn't really understand like the Jedi and the Force, and so it's a lot of him like taking in information and trying to process it. And mm-hmm. here we just see like you know right out of the gate, like the first time we see Luke is in the hologram, like the R two shows Jabba, and mm-hmm. it's like. He's just super, like, calm and collected, which, like, in the first two movies, like, Luke is a very emotional person and is, you know, all over the place. And here he's, like, in a totally new outfit. He's in all, like, all black. And he's just like, all right, you can have these two droids and I will come and get Han. And it's just, like, (laughs) very, like, nonchalant. Like, this is matter of fact. This is what we're doing. And it is just totally different from what we've seen from Luke before. Like, completely. Yeah. You can even hear it in the way he speaks. Yeah. Um, which is a very interesting thing. If you watch, like, A New Hope and then watch Return of the Jedi, I mean, like, talk about a machete order, right? <laughs> um, but, like, the, the, the diction choices, I think I'm using the yeah. right word, the word that I want to use, the diction choices that Mark Hamill makes is character development in and of itself. Because, like, in A New Hope, you get... I want to come with you to Alderaan and learn the ways of the Force like my father. And then you get Luke in Return of the Jedi where he's like, the Force is strong in my family. Like, the way he changes from, like, a like a um, a narrow kind of mouth force to force is, I don't know. That always interested me. And I was like, that's character development just in talking. <laughs> no, it, it totally is. And, like, I think that you, like... I think a lot of the habits that we see, like, are from, like, you, you can, like, tie it right back to Yoda and his training in Yoda. And it some of that comes with, like, knowing who Yoda is in the prequels. But, like, the way that he is, like, just, he doesn't ever really, like, explain, like, how he's going to use the Force or what the Force is going to do. Like, through the whole movie, he'll just, like, tell people to do things. You know, he's like, I need you to do this. I need you to-. And then it's just, like, using the Force to fix things. And everyone else just kind of has to, like, trust him. And I think, like, a good 
like, reference point for this is, like, when Han comes out of the Carbonite, like, he hasn't been there, you know, from when he was frozen, like, to coming out. And then he's, like, so, like, thrown almost by, like, who is this new Luke? Like, he's so... Like, he's, he's a Jedi now, apparently, and, like, we just do what Luke says, I guess? Like... God. <sighs> yeah. But I do appreciate, though, like, even though we get this kind of Luke that has seemingly aged 10 years, we still get that li- those little tiny hints of farm boy from Tatooine. Mm-hmm. You know, this this unknown kid from a backwater planet. Like, you get those, like... Moments where Luke, quote unquote, acts his age because like he's twenty three in Return of the yeah, Jedi. Sure, twenty three ish. I'm older than Luke now. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> anyway, my existential crisis aside, um, he gets those moments where he gets to act like a twenty three year old, and he also just he still has his vulnerable moments. It's not like he becomes the quote unquote perfect Jedi where he doesn't have you know, he casts his feelings off into the force and doesn't feel anger and fear and hatred. Like he feels those things and you see him do it. Um and I think that's what's really powerful about it too, is Return of the Jedi is the dismantling of everything we knew about Jedi, which I know at the time in 83 wasn't the case. Right. But like, if you watch it from the prequels, it's dismantling everything we thought a Jedi should be. Mm-hmm. Like, Luke proves that you can have fear and anger within you. It's just what you choose to do with it is what matters. Exactly. And you can even see So like, I mean, we spend the first like 40 something minutes of this movie just on Tatooine and like <laughs> getting Han out of Jabba's palace. Like that's a good first third of the movie. And uh-huh. like it, you know, it comes in waves. Like you have like R2 and 3PO and R2 just goes like, he gives zero fucks about 3PO's like anxiety. And it's just like, <laughs> just keeps going. And 3PO's just like, what are you doing? What do you mean we're getting like, no one tells 3PO anything. And nope. it's, the best and then you have you know leia come in with chewy and you can just kind of see everyone kind of like slowly getting there you have lando in the back who's just kind of chilling waiting to give people a ride home and like (laughs) when but when luke comes in like it's a total like tonal shift like you know he comes in and he's in Mm. like a very dark cloak and he just has this like Every, everyone else before this in the plan is just, like, has a very, like, chaotic energy of, like, we're just gonna try this and hope it works kind of thing to get on mm-hmm. out. And I'm very much prescribed to the theory that no one knew what the other people were planning to get on out. God, no. And they just happened to all be there at the same time. And, like, it's a miracle <laughs> they made it out alive. Because, like, there are too many things that go wrong with this plan for this to be what the plan was supposed to be. Exactly. But, yeah, you just have Luke come in and it's just like, you know. I mean, he still doesn't go super well for Luke. But he, you know, even when... They're on the barge, and Han is like, dude, we're going to die. Like, we're about to die here. <laughs> and he's like, we're going <laughs> to I die. love that exchange <laughs> with between them. He's like, Han's like, I can't see. And Luke's like, you're not missing much. I used to live here, you know. You're going to die, die here, here you, know. you know. Convenient. <laughs> <laughs> Han's just like, dude, we're so fucked. Like, Which is also like, 
Han fucking knows you used to live here, you dumbass. He picked your ass up. <laughs> <laughs> like, you met Han here. <laughs> what do you think he did? Like, you just dropped in out of nowhere? Right. Oh, Lord. But yeah, Luke. and even then Luke is like, you know, he's got it. And he's got a plan. He's got R2 with his lightsaber. And... The, as soon as the lightsaber goes out, I think it's so funny because Han and Chewie and Lando are, like, about as effective as ever in that they just <laughs> managed to keep the three of themselves alive. Mm-hmm. And then Luke and Leia take out literally everyone else. <laughs> and then they all leave. Like, Luke takes out everyone I- on the smaller barges. Like, Leia kills Jabba and then, like, blows up the whole ship before they leave. <laughs> I like the idea that Luke thought everybody knew what the plan was. Like, he explained it to everyone. <laughs> and everyone's like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. Because, like, you get the nod before... um anything happens yeah. he nods at lando and lando's kind of like hesitantly nodding back like he's like okay yeah i know what we're doing and then like all hell breaks loose and people are like the fuck you i thought you were joking okay, about the backflip off of the <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah. oh i love that just like luke coming into the thing and he's just like none of you are where you're supposed to be <laughs> like and they're like we thought you were joking <laughs> <laughs> uh, i there's so there's okay reading the notes i really want to hit on this kay. because i didn't realize how much i wanted this until i was watching the movie and reading your notes at the same time mm-hmm. you would put in here do you think leia and lando ever fucked while they were trying to find han because they were both so sad about losing the man that they loved mm-hmm. and i was like oh no i didn't know i need this until now you know, i didn't <laughs> that thought until i was watching it yesterday <laughs> yeah just like it because it was the it was like the look like when lando like puts his hand on leia like mm. to like comfort like to like calm her down when like luke falls in and i was just like you know what i bet Ooh. happened <laughs> <laughs> i love it like i just i love the idea that like that because then on my way to work this morning i'm just writing fanfic in my head yeah of, like, they're sitting on the Falcon getting drunk, and, like, Lando asks Leia, like, does Han still do that thing in bed? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, like, I don't know, one thing leads to another, and they fuck, and then afterwards they're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was nice, but we did it because we miss Han. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, 100%. It's not, like, any kind of, like, I have feelings for you. It's 100%, like... We both loved him, and he's not here, but we're still here, and we don't know where he is, and Mm -hmm. here we are. (laughs) Now I kind of hope that somebody's written an actual fic about it, but I doubt it. But I I want it. (laughs) Right? Maybe I'll write it. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) And then, as soon as, like... The gang's all back together. They're, like, about to leave. And Luke's like, yeah, I'm going to peace out and go see Yoda real quick. Like, bye. It's like, we just we, yeah. we just got back together. We're just, we're just <laughs> here. And then when he, like, finally goes all the way back to Yoda, and he's like, all right, let's finish up this Jedi training. Yoda's just like, yeah, no, I'm not going to train you anymore. And also, you got to go kill your dad. And also, 
Peace out. I'm going to go sleep forever and die. So I'm not going to help you anymore. Bye. (laughs) You're the least helpful person in the entire galaxy, but that's okay. I get excited when Yoda dies. (gasps) He's so annoying. I'm like, bye, bitch. (laughs) Like, Luke is like, can you help me? And he's like, he literally says, I'm tired. Like, that is a I'm mood. just gonna go to sleep. And I'm like, you know what? I respect that. Oh, I want to do that to some of my kids. <laughs> like, when they're, like, I'm, freaking out I'm over nothing. <laughs> yeah, they're, like, freaking out over nothing. And I'm like, I kick them off my couch in my office. And I'm like, I'm tired. I'm, Rest I'm tired. Must. I'm taking a nap. <laughs> See you later. May or may not wake Can up. We, right? Can we talk for a second about, like, when Luke asks him, is Darth Vader my father? And Yoda's all like, hmm, he told you? Like, fucking duh. Right? He told, he's like, <laughs> like oh, duh. man, you figured it out? <laughs> You're like, he, yes. He says, unexpected this is. What? Have you met Anakin Skywalker? Right, as if, right, as if you haven't known. ass bitch in the entire <laughs> galaxy. You think he wouldn't take the opportunity for a giant life-changing reveal if he had the opportunity? (laughs) In the exact situation that he did. Like, this man, there is such thing as the, um, what do I call it? Oh, I can't even remember what the fuck I call it. (laughs) Skywalker drought. Like, who is the most dramatic Skywalker? It is Anakin. Oh, 100%. Followed closely by Luke. Yes. Oh no. And people yes. like to argue with me that it's Kylo Ren. It's not. No. 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 They are all it is. compared to the rest of the galaxy. They are all pretty close on on <laughs> Just the Skywalkers in general operate at a level of drama the rest of the galaxy can only aspire <laughs> to. Oh my god. But Anakin is the most dramatic of them all. Oh my god, yes. And, like, I just... I, I just don't understand, like, Yoda thinking that Vader wouldn't have said something to Luke the moment he... Or, you know, around the moment he find out he found out. Right? Like, d- are you really that dumb? I mean... Have yes. you seen... <laughs> there's there's an Onion title called Everything a Goddamn Ordeal, Ordeal in Area Family. Um... <laughs> That's the Skywalkers. Yes, it is. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> and then, like, you know, Yoda drops nice big information on him and then just dies. <laughs> as, as people do in Star Wars. They just, everyone drops big, big nuggets of information and then just pieces out. And it's just like, mm-hmm. see you later. Have fun processing. I'm not going to be here for that. <laughs> And then he, like, walks outside, and then Obi-Wan's like, yeah, so... Yo, bitch. (laughs) Also, you have a sister, so just, like, you know, keeping that in mind. (laughs) Their identity (laughs) remains safely anonymous. It's Leia! So, Leia. What the fuck did I just say? (laughs) So, so no. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Have you ever seen their, like, Lego... Their, like, little Lego Star Wars... Not shorts, because they're, like, 30 minutes long. It's, like, droid tales or something like that, where um, 3PO retells the entire yeah. original. I've seen yeah. clips of that. 3PO, 
3PO tells the entirety of the original trilogy. They're fucking hilarious. And on the screenshot that was going around of the Star Wars page on Disney Plus, they're going to be on there. And I'm telling everybody to just take some time to watch them because they're so funny. And like, they're so self-aware. They're so self-aware. The only clip I've seen is like, C-3PO being like, do you know what's underneath that mask? And then it's like, r 2 <laughs> flips out like a real live action shot of Hayden Christensen <laughs> as Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> One of my favorites is like Anakin and Padme interacting on Tatooine um, in the first in Phantom Menace and Watto's behind them like, red flags here, get your red flags. <laughs> <laughs> but the Return of the Jedi one that fucking kills me is this conversation between Obi-Wan and Luke. And Obi-Wan's like, that is why your sister remains safely anonymous. And Luke is like, it's Leia. And Obi-Wan's basically like, how did you know that? And <laughs> Luke is like, she's the only girl I've ever met. <laughs> she, she's the only oh, no, girl that I was- know. <laughs> He, he that was actually between him and Yoda because then Yoda goes fix that in the next one we must. <laughs> oh yeah, we better fix that. I fucking love those. Please watch them. <sighs> they have so much heart. Everybody needs to see them to make them smile. I'm so excited. <laughs> but I I love that just like within like the structure of this movie, we spend like 40 minutes rescuing Han. Then we spend yeah. a good 10 minutes getting like Five truth bombs dropped on Luke and then going right back into the rebellion. (laughs) It's like, we're going to go to Endor now. And like Luke has like the best entrance. He's just like, count "Count me me in. in. He totally makes, he's so fucking dramatic. Oh, we love, we love. Also, can we appreciate just the look that Leia gives Han when she, when he (laughs) didn't tell her that he was going to lead like the ground effort is just like <laughs> you just see her the look of just going like bitch like you didn't tell me and then processing all of that within like three seconds i mean like well i'm coming like <laughs> uh somebody has to save our skins to this <laughs> yeah yeah good yes, lord love this uh, just also I feel like every time Leia walks on screen, I'm just like, this is it. This is the best <gasps> Leia outfit. But then also, Carrie Fisher just looks good in everything, and she's so pretty, and I'm in love with her. So, like, there's that mm-hmm. aspect of it, too. But, like, I love, like, the Endor Leia, like, poncho mm. look. It's very good. Yes. If I was going to cosplay Leia, that's what I would do. But that's probably because that one looks the most comfy out of all the Leia costumes <laughs> like it's just basically like leggings and, and a poncho and I, I think i can handle that yeah i don't mean to go back to tattooing because we it. just spent 40 minutes there but i wanted to know what your opinion is on the um bikini i i i think that i i appreciate and i understand where people are coming from in the like reclaiming of it and like trying mm. to like name it hut slayer and make it an empowering thing and if that works for you like i'm not gonna mm-hmm. tell you you're wrong 
But also, I think that you can't just erase the fact that, like, she's... It's, like, the name of it is the Slave Leia outfit. Like... Yeah. <laughs> that's... The Hutzler is something that we, as a fandom, have come up with, like, post Return of the Jedi. Well, and Claudia Gray, like, made that canon. Yeah. And so it was something... Yeah, something that, like... Fan, like it, it eventually became canon, but like it was very much curated by fans and like this reclaiming of it. But like it, she's put in that because she is being enslaved by Jabba, and he is hypersexualizing her as his slave. Like mm-hmm. that's why she's in it. So like I, like I mean, I'm not gonna say that she doesn't like look good in it because like of, mm. like she does but it's that's not like the point you know like it's yeah. I feel like too many people focus on like oh well like this is the most skin we've seen in a Star Wars like mm. and she looks super hot and not thinking about like okay but like that's not good like that's not a good right. thing for her to, to have happened to her you know right. like I like I have seen people who have like done headcans or stuff where like 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 that's something that like Han would want Leia to wear and uh, like mm. no he would never like that is not a good thing like i think that you can reclaim it outside of the Star Wars universe and kind of make it a hut slayer thing but yeah you have to look at it you can't erase the context of like she's literally it's the slave leia outfit she's being enslaved and hypersexualized because of it right right but yeah yeah sorry i just wanted to ask what your opinion was on no i i don't want to miss it so (laughs) it's a good one um but yeah, so then we go we go down to Endor and just also we're I mean of course we're only gonna focus on like our trio and Chewie, but like where are all the other people who are on their team? Are they just like stuck in the back <laughs> of this like tiny transport? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like it's How- just the four well- of them in the cockpit, and like Chewie doesn't even fit in the cockpit. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think, because don't they, in Rogue One, steal the same cruiser? Steal the same shuttle? Do they? I thought that the shuttle that they they have for getting onto Endor is, like, very similar to Vader's shuttle. Like, that's what it's supposed to be. Mm. Um... But I could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe there is room, but... I don't know. I'm looking... <laughs> I don't remember. I'm a fake Star Wars fan. I mean, same. Um, but I'm assuming there has to be... Well, like, Krennic had something along the lines of the... Lam- it's called Lambda, but I always call it Lambada. Because <laughs> um, of Meg from Rogue Quad. Yes. Um, but, like, there is there was room in the back. Yeah. Yeah, so they're they're not too squished, but you know, keep them quiet. But yeah, so we get onto Endor, and we get. I also love that like everyone else has like kept changing outfits, and all Luke did was just throw a poncho over his black outfit. 
like, I have made a choice, and I am sticking with it. <laughs> I know I'm going to get to be dramatic later. So <laughs> be prepared for that moment. Yep. Uh, but yeah, and we get, you know, we get the awesome, like, chase sequence with, like, that was, like, one of my favorite scenes growing up mm. was the sequence mm-hmm. with the speeders and Luke and Leia, like, going after. And again, we have Luke and Leia, like, getting shit done, taking everybody out, and Han is over there just, like, punching one guy. <laughs> and it's like, I did I, <laughs> I was When I was watching this morning, like, I... I really appreciated the um, the sound design mm-hmm. in this scene. I love yes. the sound of the um, speeders, like it. They just sound so cool, mm-hmm. and I love it. And oh, yeah. the sound in Star Wars is always chef kiss. So good, and yeah, with this one, you know, like they have so many different angles of like how the speeders are like going past and where they are, and just the way the sound mm-hmm. design like complements that is very very great. We love it. Yes. Also, can we talk about, like, Han, like, Luke come back to Han, and they're both just like, wait, where, where's Leia? Like, <laughs> I thought she was with you! And I'm like, yeah, you guys are so dumb. <laughs> like, you guys are idiots. And they lose Leia, and then, like, 20 seconds later, they all get stuck in a trap, and then get captured <laughs> by a bunch of teddy bears. So, like, they don't do great when Leia's not there. <laughs> Right, and like Leia immediately befriends Wicked. Right, and like, then becomes like, like, oh, okay, the like adopted princess of this whole society. Meanwhile, the five <laughs> of them like are about to get eaten alive. <laughs> oh, murder bears! Oh, we love a murder bear. <laughs> we do love a murder bear. Oh, but it's good. Fuck you, yeah, Jess. Come my on, podcast Jess. host. <laughs> we love a murder bear. And then Leia comes out, and she has, like, you know, her hair is all, like, all the way. This is, like, the only time we ever see Leia with, like, her hair all down. Yes. And, like, it's just so pretty. And, like, all the, like, I love it. I have, that's, like, yeah, that is legitimately one of my favorite outfits. (laughs) I have, I have, I have, I don't have, like, I mean, I have, I mean, like, probably ten or so Funko Pops. And Leia's the only one that I have two of because I have, like, New Hope Leia, like, classic Space Buns Leia, and then I have this mm-hmm. this Leia with the long hair and the braids. Oh. I think I have... I'm looking around my office. I have three Leias. I have the the classic and New Hope. I have Endor Leia on the speeder. Oh, um, I want that one. And then I have uh, General Leia from TFA. Mm, yeah. Yeah. All good Leia looks. We love, we love. Yeah, I'm, yeah, it's my mostly Star Wars ones. I have, um, Last Jedi, like, Battle Ray, because that's my favorite Ray mm. outfit. And then I have the maskless Kylo to go with it. Um, mm-hmm. and then I have Empress Ness, obviously. Um, and then I have Poem BB-8 and Anakin and Ahsoka, and then I have... Wicket and then two Leia's. I have them like grouped together with like. Holy shit! Have you have more than me. <laughs> I also have Captain Marvel and Leslie Nope, but those aren't Star Wars ones. But oh, beautiful! The ironic thing is that beautiful. my Captain Marvel falls over all the time. Like her head oh, no. is like not like the spring is like off, so I have to lean her up against things. Otherwise, she falls down. <laughs> oh, no. I always say my um Pop Funko collection, my small one is um. 
gal's gaze gr- and blah, 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 gal's gaze Groot and Goose. I love it because <laughs> it's all all Star Wars. One random Groot and then Goose the cat from Captain Marvel. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I'm not like yep. a huge Funko person, but I'll get no ones that I like. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, a little. <laughs> A little distracted there for a second. Yeah, yeah, whenever. Uh, and then here we have another, you know, classic case of George Lucas just not caring about continuity at all. <laughs> and, well, first of all, in, like, New Hope, 3PO, like, goes on this whole thing about how, like, he can't tell stories and, like, he won't tell Luke anything about, like, his time in the Rebellion because he can't tell a story and then here he is in front of all of the Ewoks, like, tell- regaling them of all of the tales so far. <laughs> like, yeah, this makes sense. And then we have Luke and Leia go out onto- I love this set, too. Uh, yes. The, like, lighting. And the lighting. So ah! And it's just, like, the blue- Like, it's so perfectly, like, nighttime, but, like- I feel like sometimes when you try to shoot a scene in, like, a nighttime setting, it always ends up, like, you can't actually see what's happening. But Mm -hmm. it's just so, like, that blue undertone. It's, like, so beautifully lit. And, you know, Luke, in classic Skywalker fashion, knows how to start (laughs) a conversation really well. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just, like, out of the blue, do you remember your mother at all? (laughs) this This is how we talk to each other as people mm-hmm. and you know then of course leia talks about how much she remembers her mother despite her mother dying like three seconds after she was born for no goddamn reason <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i don't yeah um, so like obvious uh, the obvious answer to that is like george didn't have anything planned ahead yes like he was just doing this yes. as he goes <laughs> production wise um, that is the answer of what's happening here <laughs> right Right. But I also really like the idea, like, the headcanon-y idea of, like, Leia, like, had visions of Padme. Yeah. Like, when she was younger, like, in her dreams or something like that, and I don't know. Was, like, later able to connect that it was her mother? Oh. Yeah. I, you know, I, I have, I, there are, like, some headcanons about, like, why, like, within universe, why Leia would have remembered, like, had vague memories of Padme, and I do like mm-hmm. some of them, but again, it's just like George Lucas. You okay. yeah, like you yeah. you had the you had the movies when you were writing the prequel. <laughs> <laughs> like you could have watched them. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I can just imagine like the, the poor assistant who has to go through the scripts and just be like, "So actually, this doesn't match up with what you wrote in Return of the <laughs> Jedi." And George Lucas being like, mm, "Okay." George Lucas is like, what about it? So, bitch, just keeps <laughs> filming. It's like, all right, like cool. it, it's it's like poetry it rhymes. <laughs> <sighs> um, and then we have you know Luke in classic Jedi fashion, just dropping a whole bunch of information on Leia, and then just being like, mm-hmm. all right, bye. Mm-hmm. It's the Skywalker extra. That's what I call there it. There we go. And that's that is the epitome of Skywalker extra. Yeah. The you know what? Vader's my dad. Also, you're my sister. Pretty sure you have the Force. 
I think I gotta go kill Vader. I might die in this. And yeah, see you later. Bye. <laughs> You're the only hope then. Yeah. Also, by the way, if I die, then like everything's screwed if you can't figure things out. So, yeah, you know, not a big deal. <laughs> and then just right. leaves. Oh, and then like, Lord. I know that Star Wars is tragically written by men, but <laughs> Leia, like, I mean, she takes the emotional weight of every everything. everything and every man in the original trilogy and to some extent in the sequel trilogy as well. Like, mm-hmm. that is Leia's role is to bear the emotional weight of the men around her and not process that at all or any of, like, the her own trauma that we, like, physically see her go through on screen. Right. And, like... This is the only time we ever see her, like, cry or show any kind of emotion in terms of, like, processing. Like, we see her, you know, putting on, like, the strong face. We see her kind of getting vulnerable in, like, a more romantic way with Han. But not Mm -hmm. vulnerable in the, like, a lot of shit has happened to me over my life and especially in the last, you know, three years and maybe I should talk to somebody about that kind of vulnerable. And, like, the only reason it happens is because Luke drops all this shit on her, walks away, and as Luke is walking away, Han comes out and gets upset for a second and yells at her. And that, like, he does apologize and she's able to be like, you know, hold me. But, like, that's Mm -hmm. it. Like, that's the only acknowledgement we get in the entire original trilogy that like Leia's got a lot of shit going on and we should maybe give her some space to process that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it makes me mad. Ten out of ten would agree. Yeah. It's just that no one fucking cares about Leia's trauma. You, you, like who you know and the people who are writing the movie and whatnot. Yes. Like no one because, like you said, it's all tragically written by men, and that's what men do to us as women, is that we are their emotional dumping ground. Yes. Um, even if you are not trained as a therapist, every woman basically becomes a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> you get a little bit of therapy because you have to deal with the men in your life not processing their own shit, and so you have to process their shit for them on top of the your own shit that you're already trying to process. Right. And we just see that happen to Leia like over and over and over again and it makes me mad yes but like okay so Luke at least gets like A plus marks unlike everyone else in the Jedi order ever in that he actually like confronts a problem (laughs) it's like you know what like Vader is a problem I can solve said problem, and I will go do that. <laughs> Which, you know, is <laughs> a quality greatly lacking in the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I think, again, we see the, like, the how much Luke has matured. Because, like, the last time we mm. see him, like, 
confront Vader. Like, he is an emotional mess before he learns that Vader's his father. Like, he is just very driven by his emotion. Like, that's why he even goes to Cloud City is because he needs to save Luke and or Han and Leia. And, like, here, like, he is, like, handcuffed and, like, is walking with Vader. And he's just, like, very calmly talking to Vader. And, you know, even when Vader's, like, no, you're wrong. You're gonna come to the dark side. Like, there is no good in me. He's just like, mm-hmm. okay, then that's what it is. Yeah. And I, I just, I really like that scene in the, like, weird hallway thing. It's a little unclear as to where they are. <laughs> it's, um, uh, fuck. Like, it's, like- <laughs> it's a place, it's a place where a ship can go, I sit for right now, and then you can go and climb onto the ship. <laughs> It's like a docking bay. That's what it is. <laughs> it's where the ship takes a nap. <laughs> yes. It's it's like the, like, whatever it's called, like, when you're getting onto an airplane. Like, you're not on the airplane, but you're not in the airport The tarmac. Anymore. There we go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or the, the terminal yeah, or whatever. Like the f- I don't the, know. We know words. <laughs> oh. You know. Listen, Jess and I couldn't figure out the word quartet and we called it trio but four. Don't expect <laughs> much out of me. <laughs> oh, but yeah. But yeah, I like I just yeah, I really love that scene with Luke and just him his like and I thought that it was really interesting because I don't remember exactly what he says. But well basically he says like if you know, if you are like truly that gone, then I will fight you, essentially. It's just like, uh, like if, if I can't save you, then I'm going to have to fight you. And that's, like, essentially what he does to Kylo later. He's like, if I can't mm. if I can't save you, if I can't, then I'm gonna have to fight you. You know, like, it, it's, like, Luke does put that, like, saving first, but he's also, like, not he won't hesitate if it comes to it. To have to fight. Yeah. Like, he's not a complete, like, pacifist sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I also like that even when he has to be put in that position where he fights, at the end of both his fight with Vader and with Kylo Ren, he ends up choosing the path of nonviolence. Yeah. Um, which I think is very powerful and very unique to Luke as a male leading character in a sci-fi action-y movie yeah um he's not like the he doesn't fight always with his fists he does when he has to but often he likes to he fights with his heart Mm -hmm. (laughs) i like my favorite post to post around in in june is no cops at pride just luke skywalker in his big heart (laughs) yes but yeah he he is he's you know he's he you know, like even when he's when he's actually fighting Vader, like he says, like I, I I will not fight you, Father. And then when Vader strikes back, he doesn't just you know he doesn't pull an Obi Wan and then just stand there and lets him strike him down. Like he'll defend himself, and right. then goes like as soon as Vader's not attacking him again, like he's back to like I'm like this is not what I want to be happening. Like I think that we can right. go another way, and it is really right. you know I don't think that enough people have gotten that lesson from Mm. this movie 
Mm-hmm. And that those are the same people who are like, why wasn't Luke like a fucking badass and killing everyone in The Last Jedi? It's like, you've never understood a goddamn thing about Luke Skywalker then. Yeah. Never understood. No. And like, I mean, even, like in the fight with Luke and Vader, we still see just how dramatic these Skywalkers are. I mean, Luke like, <laughs> kicks Vader down a flight of stairs. <laughs> no, no, no. Vader backflips yes. down the flight of stairs then too. Yes. Luke like push, like kicks Vader off balance, and Vader's counter to that is, I well, I got a backflip now. <laughs> And he's like, ah! Oh no! <laughs> it's just very silly. It is. It's just. It, it, it's. It's so. Star Wars is so. And I mean, it doesn't do it perfectly all the time, but it's so good at like riding that line between like this is a very highly emotional scene and lots of things are happening, and also it's so campy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like both things, it we it is both things. Yes, which is always fun. Yes, <laughs> and just like the way the John Williams scores the Luke and Vader scene is like, mm. I mean, there's not a single second of Star Wars that John Williams doesn't like brilliantly cover. Mm-hmm. But like, just the way that he like intermixes like the Force theme with like Vader's theme and just like mm-hmm. when that plays over who and like it put like the force theme plays over Luke when he's like I will not kill you father but the force theme also plays over Vader when he throws Palpatine down the shaft like both <sighs> of them get both of the themes at some point in the fight and it just oh it's it's so good it just helps yeah. this like how you can see because like you see so much of like luke and vader like toying with both sides of the force in this Mm -hmm. fight Mm -hmm. and you see you know and some like all of the aspects of the production are coming together to show you that and like yeah i mean even you know famously like the costume and like he's been in black the whole time and then it opens up and it's white underneath like you have the lighting Mm -hmm. and like Luke is mostly in, like, blue lighting, but sometimes he's in, like, have flashes of red and just, like, everything about this fight is just, like, this, both of these people are battling with both parts of the force and, like, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think it's really cool in terms of uh, John Williams' music, um, I can't remember what pod I was talking about this on. I don't know if it was mine or if it was somebody (laughs) else's. But, like, you know, John Williams doesn't pull out a chorus for nothing. Like, he pulls out a chorus in highly, highly emotional situations um, or kind of, like, a dramatic irony situation. Because, like, we get the end of... um, Phantom Menace. Fan- yes, thank you. The end of Phantom Menace with Augie's Great Municipal Band, which is just the major key of the Emperor's theme. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it, that is such then- a brilliant move. Just the end right? of like Phantom Menace. The way the or that like the move John William pulls right there is just so brilliant, right? But anyway, uh, keep going. <laughs> uh, but um. You know, the Emperor's theme obviously has that 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 low like ooh 
<laughs> um, but he pulls that back out the second that when when uh, Vader taunts Luke and he's like, oh, you have a sister. Well, if I can't get you to turn, perhaps she will. And then Luke loses his fucking mind. Mm-hmm. Um you you get the return of that chorus and like there's they're just still doing the ooze um but it sounds so tragic yeah and it's kind of like you you're getting that like oh no is 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 he going to go down this path cuz like you said with the lighting um right before that moment he is half of his face is in blue and half of his face is in red mm-hmm. in that moment and it's it's just ugh, cinematic Man, Star Wars poetry loves its Star Wars right? loves its but, colors <laughs> but um I also think it's interesting that he pulls out the chorus the same and like the same with the same kind of sound as the Emperor's theme mm-hmm. when Luke begins his attack of kind of with the music trying to convince you that the Emperor is gonna win because yeah. Vader played on Luke's biggest, you know, I don't want to call it a flaw, but to the Jedi it would be a flaw, is his faith in his friends. Yeah. <laughs> his love for his friends and his family. Like, it, the only time Luke will ever, like, be like, I'm going to fucking kill a bitch, is if somebody threatens the people he loves. Yeah. Um, And so pulling out that, that chorus and that tragic kind of melody... Uh, I don't know. It's just how does he do it, John Williams? Man, John Williams. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. He didn't have to do that for us, but he did. He did. I just. I. I just already know that whatever he does with Rise of Skywalker, no matter oh, how God. we end up feeling about the movie as a whole, like mm-hmm. John Williams' score is going to like murder all of us. Like, oh yeah, we. Uh, like, he has already said, like, multiple times, like, there are themes and motifs and things we are pulling from every single Star Wars movie, and just, like, oh, man. Like, Revenge of the Sith, like, especially the, like, end credits of Revenge of the Sith, is, like, ah, the yes. best pieces of Star Wars orchestration, because it does, yes. it, it, it pulls every single theme that we've ever heard over six movies. And now John Williams has nine movies. And Ugh. oh man. Like I haven't heard Can it, we- but I, if he doesn't like win an Oscar for his orchestration, then like, what are you doing? Right. While we're on the topic of John Williams' yes, music, can we take a moment to um, appreciate Luke and Leia? Oh boy. It is so pretty. It is mm-hmm. so good. Okay, have you heard um, the Across the Stars album? The Across the Stars album? Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, oh, God. You're not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. So it is... I literally talked about this in the last episode. I'm still listening to it. It's amazing. So the Across the Stars album is by John Williams and... This woman, her name is Anna Sophie Mutter. She's a vi- she's like a famous solo viol- violinist. And mm-hmm. first of all, John Williams helped her like compose and like arrange this while he was doing the Rise of Skywalker score. So like you know, just casually also does an entire other album. 
Um, but she covers like, and she covers a, like a bunch of different themes from John Williams' work, and mm-hmm. obviously, like as like a violin solo, like heavy, like that, that's how it's arranged so that she's the soloist. And the mm-hmm. ones that she covers from Star Wars are Ray's theme, Yoda's theme, Across the Stars, and Luke and Leia. Ooh. And oh boy, like it is so good. And like Luke and Leia is just an amazing theme altogether, mm. but her arrangement is just amazing. Yeah. But I it's so I good. am um the Chicago Symphony Orchestra is doing Return of the Jedi live in concert this coming June. Oh boy. And you bet your sweet patootie that my ass is going to be in oh, yeah. the, the CSO. Oh yeah. Uh, you got to be building there. when that happens. So, and I'm going to fucking sob my eyes out oh, yeah. when I hear Luke and Leia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I went to um I saw A New Hope in concert in Salt mm-hmm. Lake and I I did. I cried so many times. Oh yeah. And I oh, yeah. I had like I was like okay, cuz they they didn't announce it with a lot of like like the, like when I went to go see Star Wars and that was in like May or something they hadn't announced when they mm-hmm. were going to do Empire Strikes Back and I was like I want to go see it all that jazz and the weekend that they ended I like I don't I just hadn't checked back in like I just didn't even realize it was happening until the weekend that it was happening and they did Empire Strikes Back in concert and I didn't end up going because I didn't know about it until it was like too late but the weekend mm-hmm. that they did it was also the weekend of Fanex in Salt Lake, which is like the big convention in mm-hmm. Salt Lake. And so for the Friday night concert, because they do like Friday, Saturday, Sunday or whatever, they do like how like four or something performances. For the Friday night performance, Hayden Christensen and um Ian McDormand showed up because they were there for Comic Con. What? And I was like What the fuck? I saw it and I was like you know what? It's actually probably good that I didn't go because I, I may have just died. Like I, I yeah. would not have held it together. Seriously. But like, yeah, no, they just showed they, they, yeah, just Hayden Christensen and Ian McDermott just showed up and they were like, "We hope you would like." I don't even know what they said, but yeah, they were there, and I was like, "Okay, good that's Lord. fine. I'm fine. Totally fine." Oh, I would have died. Yeah, yeah, I would have died. But yeah, <laughs> and also, uh, just uh, back to Star Wars, like, just beautifully balancing both camp and, like, emotion. Just, we're also intercutting the Luke-Vader thing, like, whole fight with, like, everything that's happening on Endor. <laughs> which is just, like, batshit crazy, nothing is going to plan, like... <laughs> They're mm-hmm. just trying to take everything down with a bunch of murder bears who told them where the back door was. And, like, <laughs> Han is trying to, like, hotwire a door and just makes everything worse. And, like, <laughs> it's just, I love that whole sequence on Endor. Especially how it, like, balances out the Luke and Vader fight of just, like, high yeah. emotion. 
we're in the woods and although the moment where the Ewok dies was like traumatizing for me as a child. Right? That death hurt more than anything else. Man, that little Ewok, he didn't deserve to die. He didn't deserve it. (laughs) Didn't deserve it. And then you, and then you also have like Lando trying to figure out like what the fuck's going on because he can't talk to anybody on the ground, so he mm-hmm. doesn't know what's happening, and like is trying to blow up the Death Star, not knowing if anybody else completed their job, and like yeah, you feel for Lando. He's he's trying his best. <laughs> yeah, well, and the space battle is so fucking gorgeous in this movie. It's so good. Although the moment it is my the moment oh, when sorry. you're got the moment Lando is like, what are they all like waiting for? And it shows this big shot of like all the Imperial like ships waiting for like you know he doesn't know what they're waiting for yet. But I was like, that's like the scene in the trailer for Rise of Skywalker when we have all those Imperial ships coming out of nowhere. And yeah, so there's you know that. And I can't believe mm-hmm. that Palpatine's actually back in this movie, and I have so many yeah, questions God. for everyone. Yeah. But. Yeah, this is my second favorite space battle scene in all of Star Wars. My first is oh, Rogue yeah. One. For, the Rogue One spaceship scene is just. Ugh. Ships jumping out of hyperspace to the. Is more, you know sexually appealing that a man will ever yes. be <laughs> it's amazing and just like the way that whole scene is lit like is just mm. so beautiful and like anyway i get very distracted by rogue one if we talk about for two. <laughs> <laughs> and then we you know then you know all our heroes win we get lando blowing up the death star which i guess technically you know Luke and Vader have to get off the Death Star first. And, mm-hmm. you know, you have everyone on the ground and we're all celebrating. And, you know, you have Vader who, like, this is the most, and I this is interesting because people talk about this scene between Luke and Vader as, like, Vader's redemption scene. Mm-mm. Which, it's They're wrong. Not. <laughs> Yeah. And, like, you know, you do see, I mean, we have to talk about the fact that you have a big villain who is dressed in all black, who is voiced by a black man for three entire movies, and as soon as he's a good guy, you take off the mask, and now he's a Mm. white dude underneath. (laughs) Yup. Which is not great, Star Wars. No. Like, I know you like... No, no. You know. Also, like, I get the whole, like, you know, color theory of black to white, which happens a lot in this movie, and, like, he's, like, a sick, deathly white at that point when you take the thing off, but, like, still. Yeah. You have, like, a very famous black man (laughs) who is voicing him and who people know who he is, and... And then he's a white dude when he yep. becomes good. So, you know, not awesome. Yep. You know, that's yep. like the, I mean, that's the only black person that we's. I mean, we don't see him. We just hear him in A New Hope. And like, mm-hmm. you know, he's like 
one of two black people in the cast for the original trilogy, and then as soon as he's a good person, he's, you know, some old white dude dad. Which, Mm -hmm. like... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I get that you... It wouldn't quite make sense to have him take off his mask and have Luke and Leia be his children and he's, like, James Earl Jones underneath. But still, it's just, you know, you made choices that led you there and it's not a good look. But, like, I mean, all... You have Luke, who is, you know, we he's, like, the biggest open-hearted person in the galaxy. And he, A, has had a lot of time to wrestle with the fact that Vader is his father. Mm-hmm. He's had since Empire, and we've seen how much he's matured since then. And, like, even before he sees Vader throw Palpatine down the shaft and save him, he th- thinks that there is good in his father and you know part of that has to do with the fact that he has not personally been at the hand of like vader i mean vader did cut his hand off i was gonna say vader did cut his hand off but but i mean like han and leia were both like tortured yeah by vader in a way that luke wasn't because it was more of a battle on even, even-ish ground. Yeah. And, like, you know, there's all of these factors that go into Luke trying to, you know, save Anakin as his father, you know, as he's getting off of the Death Star before it explodes. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, even when we see Luke, you know, give Vader a jedi funeral like leia isn't there like it's just luke Mm -hmm. luke is the only one who forgives vader and that's his prerogative to do so you know like that's his dad that's you know there's a lot of aspects that are going into this but that's not vader getting redeemed yeah you know like even when we talk about him you know outside of a more involved and nuanced star wars community like we talk about vader as like one of the greatest villains of all time like he's the villain he's the bad guy you know and like that's not that's not redemption like that's not what it is he's not redeeming himself no that's not what it is no it's it's again that like very nuanced idea of of forgiveness of i think like you said, Luke has had that time to process, and I think part of Luke's forgiving of Vader is for himself, of this is yeah. what I need to do in order to move on with my life and to process the fact that this man is my father. And I do think Luke forgives him a little bit for Vader as like a, yeah. like a favor to him in a way of, yeah, uh, you know you have done terrible things and yet you are still my father and I love you. Um, yeah, and you, and also he's been training to be a Jedi, and like that is part of being a Jedi is letting go, you know, mm-hmm. letting go of hate and all of that, and so he has been training himself to do that. Yeah, but I think like Luke's biggest declaration of of love for his father is, "I am a Jedi like my father before me," and 
I like to think that that was kind of like one of the final straws for Vader. Um, aside from seeing yeah. his son almost get murdered, but you know, <laughs> you know, but things. like small things. He, like even even now, he's we've been fighting this entire time. He's cut my hand off. He's still maintaining the fact that I can be good. Yeah. So. And I think that there is something to claiming, you know, and we don't see this, but I hope that Luke learned some of the good that Anakin did when he was good. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's, you know, something to be said about you can claim the good a person has done without condoning the bad that a person has done yeah and just being like my dad was my dad was a like my dad was a jedi and like i am a jedi like my father before me Mm -hmm. and just being like there was a good portion of your life that you were a jedi in every sense of the word and you did good and that is the dad i'm trying to be like I'm mm-hmm. not trying to be Vader. I'm trying to be, like, Anakin. Mm-hmm. And, like, just claim... And I think you're right. Like, that is, like, one of the... You know, a reminder of who he was. And yeah. who... The person that he could have been. And using that to, you know... Theoretically finish off Palpatine, but I guess not. Yeah. But... Yeah. and the, But it's not... Like, we have a lot of stuff in canon about how Leia did not forgive Vader. Mm-hmm. That is not, you know, and nor does she have to. God, <laughs> like, no. In no universe does she have to. No. She's not required to forgive Vader at all. And, like, I mean, I, it's, it's me. I am very... I love my trash son, Kylo Ren, <laughs> and I personally think that I think that there is potential and I would want, like, Kylo to be redeemed in The Rise of Skywalker, but if it, if it, like, mirrors Vader's in any way, which I don't not trust JJ to do, considering how much, which he has already said, like, he feels much more free to do what he wants in Rise of Skywalker, more so than he did in Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. That he doesn't feel so bound to kind of like hit those same beats, mm-hmm. but if it like I like I would be like at the very least disappointed if that's what like if you're gonna do Kylo being redeemed if that's what that looked like if it was like one act of goodness and then you know dies or the movie's over or whatever because like that's not it's not redemption. That's not it. It's not redemption. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I read... Oh, sorry. No, go for it. I always have to bring up fanfic all the time. Um, I read this incredible fanfiction years ago um, called The Trial of Darth Vader. Um, Okay. It is on AO3 by the underscore librarian. And it's a 50-chapter fic, just putting that out there to people. (laughs) Um... (laughs) I feel like but, you always pick these like insanely long fixers. Yeah, because it's good. <laughs> but the whole premise of it is Vader lives um, and is taken into custody of the rebellion, and they are like, I don't know, we don't know what the fuck 
to do with him and we don't know why he did the things he did so they send this guy who's like an analyst down to talk to him and record his side of the story and so um they want him to do this in order to be able to put vader on trial hence the trial of darth vader um and Basically, throughout this entire 50-chapter fic, the guy who's doing the analyzing realizes that Darth Vader is trying to change. He is trying to wrong his rights. However, the past is still there. And in no universe does anybody who has been affected by that past have to forgive someone despite the efforts they're making to be good. Mm -hmm. And I think that falls into Vader's redemption, and I think that should fall into um, Kyle uh, Kyle's. <laughs> God, I'm so Kyle. used. I'm so used to calling Kyle him Ron. Kyle Ron. <laughs> I apologize. Um, if Kylo is redeemed, it, it it's gonna it's gonna be the same way. Like in, in that, yeah, he can yep. he can make those efforts to be good, but everything that he's done prior is still there, and that doesn't get yeah. to go away. Exactly. I know. I, I was I was talking to Jess about this earlier today, and mm-hmm. I was like, the only, like, good, which, I mean, I mean, the only good writing that I have seen that has dealt with, like, Kylo and Rey and Kylo's relationship, either platonically or if you look at it romantically has been in fanfic written by women yeah like that's the only time that i have been like yes good like this is what should be happening Mm -hmm. like yes this is how we deal with things like this Mm -hmm. and you know it's the problem of you know there's only so many minutes in rise of skywalker Mm -hmm. and that was a big thing for people in the last jedi is that Ray and Kylo and Luke's storyline took up a lot of time and overshadowed a lot of what else was happening in the movie mm-hmm. and didn't give a lot of space for other characters to like get the time that they thought that they deserved which is a fair argument and I just I like I I desperately want more content that is, you know, Finn and Poe and Rey just being together and not having it be about Kylo. And I want, you know, Rey and Rose to be, like, I want all of these things. And I just, I think by the nature of how the first two movies in the sequel trilogy have set it up, we're probably not going to have too far of a, you know, Mm -hmm. departure from the pattern of their story overtaking everyone else's but i can hope (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah so yeah vader doesn't just you know tldr just vader is not redeemed luke forgives vader in his own way yep and that's what happens at the end of (laughs) return of the jedi and that's that about that don't know that (laughs) Okay, but the real question is, special edition Ewok celebration oh. or Yum Nub? Um, I feel like everyone would expect me to say Yum Nub. One, because I love that song. No one get me wrong. That song it is great. slaps. It is great. It is a bop. 
However, <laughs> I However. <laughs> really love Victory Celebration. Um, I that I just I again that piece is just so incredibly beautiful. I love like the kind of like pan flute style that it's on. Yeah. Um, it just it feels. I, people always are like, well, it doesn't match the vibe of the party. And no, maybe not. Like, because then now we're, we've gone from in-universe music with Yupnub to yeah. not in-universe music. I So I understand why people are like, it changes the vibe because we're going from in-universe music to not in-universe music, if that makes sense. However, I think it fits the vibe of the end of the se- the original trilogy. Yeah. Of this, it it feels very, it feels like a victory celebration. Yes. Where it's not like this giant fanfare. Um, yeah. But it is very much so this kind of like almost melancholic, but also peaceful yes. kind of tune. Um, where I feel like it just perf- perfectly encapsulates like, we have gone through so much shit to get here. Mm-hmm. And not all of it was good and we lost a lot of people and we lost a lot of planets and a, a lot of shit happened along the way but we're here and we made it we survived yeah um and that's why i prefer victory celebration to yubnub yeah i don't i mean i i grew up watching like the vhs that had yubnub on it yeah. so like there is that like childhood part of it but like at this point i more closely associate it with the victory celebration and i do like you know i do like how if you watch you know all the way through the prequels you get a little bit of like you know what those other planets are and you know oh yeah so i do i do like i yeah i know people hate that (laughs) um like going to other planets and seeing them celebrating i don't again i'm a sucker for a campy film yeah all of that, these little, this little like sideswipe montage of these planets that we know and love from the C- the prequel trilogy to now, is like it that is peak camp, and I love it. It makes my little heart smile. I just I love it. It's so I do. I just really love it. Also, can we just yeah. real quick go back to the moment where Han finds out that Luke and Leia are brother and sister? <laughs> because first of all. He should be, like, a little more weirded out by that. Like, he's mostly just, like, yeah. oh, great. So, like, we're good. We can be together. I'm like, all right, dude, maybe, like, think a little more about this and, like, the past three <laughs> years of your life. Because, like, it's a little weird. So just A. Yeah. But then also, speaking of lessons people did not quite get from these movies. But when Han thinks... For, like, the five seconds that Leia is in love with Luke instead of him, mm-hmm. he's like, okay. Yeah. When he comes back, you live for your life, and I'm okay with that. And it's just like, thank you? Yeah. <laughs> like, he just respects her choice, and it's just like, you go live your life, and, you know, there we go. Like, please, men. <laughs> I could spend years talking about how... do not go your way. <laughs> I could spend years talking about how men have uh, misunderstood the character of Han Solo for decades. Um, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And they project their toxic masculinity yeah. onto him, which Han does carry a lot of toxic masculinity. But the moments that they hundred percent they that they put them on are not <laughs> exactly. So yeah. <laughs> so yes, please just take a page from 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 Han and just you know respect women's choices. <laughs> yes. And. Don't be weird and or violent to them after they don't want you anymore. Please. So, you know, there's that. So, just overall, what... Why Luke? Why is Luke (laughs) your favorite character? Why can you do an entire episode alone (laughs) about Luke Skywalker? Like, what is it about this character? Is it like an always loved luke or is this a gradual thing like tell me why you love our boy luke skywalker (laughs) i think it was a gradual thing because i don't know like i I, like i know i said in the beginning that i wanted i had a big crush on luke skywalker slash mark hamill um Mm -hmm. but like that was also like i was a little kid and wasn't like thinking of yeah who luke skywalker was as a person but um I think it was a gradual thing, and one that didn't happen until later in my life. It was around the same time that Return of the Jedi was becoming my favorite movie. Um, because I, I I think the point in my life that I started getting more into Luke is the point in my life that I needed him most. Um, I uh, I live with a bipolar, di- bipolar disorder, Um And so that means I have very long periods of being really, really, really sad. Um, And then periods of being like on top of the world. But also like in both of those, I'm I was a very angry person. Um, Yeah, I was just like constantly angry about everything. Like I had I still don't have any chill, but like I know (laughs) when I can put my (laughs) anger away and when it's useful to me. Yeah, Um, I've I've found that balance between um unhealthy anger and healthy anger uh and it took me mm, 23 24 years to do that (laughs) but um yep at the time that luke started to become my favorite character it was a uh i wanted to be him kind of thing where i could forgive other people um for you know the, the forgive those who trespass against us kind of thing um mm-hmm. and i wanted that desperately and i tried to put that practice into my life um and did it in an unhealthy way where i i interpreted as i have to forgive everyone um and then it wasn't until yeah. you know that was a gradual process as well of learning that you don't have to forgive everyone and also forgiveness is for yourself at the end of the day um and not for the other yeah. person but I think Luke solidified being my favorite character around that time of of my big lesson of in forgiveness. And also just the fact, like I was talking about earlier, is he defies a lot of toxic masculinity because of his choosing the paths of nonviolence, even though he has every right to be violent against the people who have been violent against him. And he wears his heart on his sleeve and he cares about his friends and he would literally kill somebody for them. <laughs> um, and I feel that. <laughs> um, and then what like 
has permanently cemented Luke Skywalker as one of my favorite characters of all time is actually The Last Jedi. And I'm, like I said at the beginning, I'm not a huge fan of The Last Jedi as a whole movie, um, but I am a big Mm -hmm. fan of The Last Jedi in terms of what they did with Luke's character because this is the first time we get to see Luke. I don't, I mean, like, we see him fail throughout the original trilogy, but, like, you see Luke at the bottom of his, like, he's hit the bottom of rock bottom. Um, Yeah. And, And, like, we we see Luke at rock bottom that has been there for a while. Like, every time we see him, like, he, like, pops back up pretty quickly in everything in the original trilogy and we see like no he failed and he failed hard and like this is where he's at now right he's been at rock bottom for years now he hasn't bounced back yeah um and that was kind of like the first time i saw my past self that was getting into luke because i'm like i want to be him and like now getting to see luke skywalker you know not struggle through the exact same thing (laughs) because he's faking in space but you know right we had very similar um signs of our within our depressive episodes um respectively and that was kind of like the first time to me that luke really truly felt human um and like somebody that i actually could be it's not like a i want to be that person it is i am that person because I've hit yeah. that rock bottom and I heard a lot of people in the process when I was in that rock bottom because one, I isolated and two, like I was saying, I was a very angry person and I held a lot of grudges, yeah. especially get those against myself and getting to see Luke overcome that and, and be like, despite this, I can still be a good person. And even with this, I am still a good person at the end of the day. Like, I have done these things. I have made bad decisions, but that doesn't make me a bad person. Um, yeah. So that was really powerful for me. And that's kind of why Luke is my my baby boy. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. I, like, have never, like, personally felt very attached to Luke. Mm-hmm. I just, I was always, like very into leia Mm -hmm. and then like for me the the, you know trio was always like leia's number one and then Uh like behind that a good space is han and then luke and it's just like and i never disliked luke but i never really felt like that same personal connection to it so i love hearing like why yeah for you yeah yeah so i know that people have read Luke Skywalker as queer or even, like, queer-coded. And I just want to know, what, like, what are your thoughts on Luke as as queer? Like, do you think there's parts where he is legitimately queer-coded? Or do you think there it's, it's more of a, like, people are projecting and it's a thing that can totally be there kind of thing? Um... I don't know. There's nothing, I mean, aside from his flair for the dramatic <laughs> that, ex- that like <laughs> jumps out at me as being queer coded, quite like right. someone, say, Lando is. Um, right. But I, I am one of those people who I'm like, Luke is gay. <laughs> um, <laughs> very much so, Luke is gay. And uh, I think a lot of that, too, is just the ability to project on Luke because... 
I think he is... He's kind of... What's the word I'm looking for? The I feel like he's more relatable in terms of the average audience member than some of the other characters because you get to see a lot of that yeah. failable human side of him. And so I think it's easier to project on him in that way. And also because like we never get to, like we don't see him have a love interest in um yeah. in the original trilogy. And so it's easy to project and say he's gay and or he's trans, which is yes. <laughs> um yeah. So yeah, I don't know if I've ever read him as queer coded, but in my mind, he's gay. Yeah, no, I think I think I think the you know Luke really never having any kind of like romantic storyline is a big part of why people claim him as gay a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I think I I agree. I don't know. I wouldn't. There's not anything that I would specifically point to and be like, there it is. Yeah. Gay. But, like, yeah, I think that it is one of those things. And, I mean, even, like, Mark Hamill himself has said before, like, if you think that Luke is gay, then Luke is gay. You know, Mm -hmm. like, you're, like, that is totally up to you kind of thing. And, like, yeah, I mean, Mark Hamill has said many things (laughs) about many things over the years. Yeah. It's um, really sad but, when you have to mute Mark Hamill on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's too much. It broke my heart the day I had to do that. Yeah, it's just, like, first of all, he changes his position on what he thought about The Last Jedi, like, every other day. Yeah. And, like, half the time he's like, it was a brilliant movie, and I loved it, and, like, Ryan Johnson was everything, and I never should have said anything bad. And the other half of the time, he's like, yeah, no, I have no idea what was happening there, man. Like, I don't know who that Luke is. And I'm just like, dude, you just gotta, please stop. I would kill to sit down and, like, have lunch with Mark Hamill and tell him all of my, you know, how much I appreciate Luke's character in The Last Jedi. Because I think predominantly what he heard, too, is these loud sections of fandom that are like that's not my luke skywalker and i i do believe when mark hamill says like he struggled with it too and i just i want him to be able to hear like somebody say like i understand that that was a difficult thing for you but that it meant a lot to me and here's what i saw in it and here's why it meant a lot to me and here's why he's still my luke skywalker like i would kill to just be able to tell him that not for my own personal gain but so that he had, no. I don't know, he has, like, some peace of mind. I don't know. Yeah, no, 100%. I totally get that. And, like, for me, with, like, sequel trilogy Luke, which is really just, like, Last Jedi Luke. Yeah. Because he's not really in Force Awakens. But, like, for me, I I think it's because I had never really connected with Luke in that way that I was really, like, I took Last Jedi Luke, like, pretty much in stride. And I think, and the people that I think had a harder time wrestling with it, whether they still hate it or have come to really appreciate it, were people who had, you know, you have this idea of Luke Skywalker that we sat with for, you know, 40 years Mm -hmm. of, you know, he's, which, again, with people not quite getting the point, like, he's not this perfect person. He's not this, you know... 
angel Jedi person who has only ever gone towards the light, that it is, like, very much a continuation of Luke Skywalker's characterization. And, like, mm-hmm. that's that's something that <laughs> Ryan Johnson has said a lot. That, A, he had to go off of what, like, he kind of got the short end of the stick in that J.J. literally said he didn't want to have to write Luke Skywalker. So he just left him until the end of the movie and just whoever had the next movie was going to have to deal with it. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of a dick move, but all right. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, he had to take that and then go from there. And, you know, Ryan Johnson said a lot of time, like, I know you might not like it, but like, this is very in character for Luke. Yeah. Yeah. This makes sense for the character. Like, it might not make sense for your picture of Luke. Yeah. But it makes sense for Luke. And I think that, you know, it's it's just really, imp- you know, I think that Luke can teach us a lot of things about being compassionate and good and having and acknowledging, like, that darkness inside of yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Luke. <laughs> we, we love, we love, we love, we love our boy. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, Abby, where can people find you on the interwebs? You can find me uh, personally on Twitter at Abby M. Cecilia. And you can also listen to me get... Basically, we've turned into We Get Drunk Every Podcast episode, which we didn't intend for that to be (laughs) the case. But you can hear... you know what? Life takes you there sometimes. Yep. You know, life comes at you real fast. Um... (laughs) um, (laughs) You can hear me screaming about Star Wars and putting my fists through things on my podcast with my amazing, lovely, talented co-host Jess um, on Lousy Beautiful Town. Uh, We are at LBT Pod on Twitter. And we're basically on, I think we're iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Podbean. So if you want to take a listen. And go listen. They're very good. (laughs) Thank you. Very welcome. But yeah, you can find me at Brooklyn Bound and the O's are zeros. So it's B-R-0-0-K-O-Y-N-B-0-U-N-D. And then our podcast is just at A-S-W-S underscore podcast on Twitter as well. I'd also like to take a second to thank our patrons, Fetmatic, Greg, Jonathan, Kayla, Meg, Nick, Carla, and Kathy G. We're so grateful for all your support, and thanks for being our patron. You can also find us on Patreon at a Star Wars Story Podcast. Um, and I think with that, all we have left to say is may the Force be with you. And also with you. <laughs> Yeah.